This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Happy Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month. Thanks for tuning in to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. This is Tony Diaz. We are kicking off our major campaign to demonstrate that every Houston City Council District is a Latino district. We will have an event in every single district in the city and the at-large positions. We're kicking it off remotely today with our radio program. You can get a full lineup of the events that will mix controlled minimal live events but also larger remote events that you can take part of and that website is nuestrapalabra.org as well as librotraficante.com and tonydiaz.net there you'll have the full lineup today on the air we're joined by some of our partners including claudia g vassar She's the executive director and general counsel at the Houston Botanic Gardens. We'll be teaming up with them on Saturday, September 19th at noon to kick off their Latin American garden, which features a lot of amazing horticultural that is really rooted, pun intended, in our communities. We'll have some smart displays, some fun entertainment. We'll be joined by City Council Representative Alcorn, there on the ground, of course, that is in the district of Representative Gallegos, who has been a big friend of our cause for a long time. We hope you can join us remotely, and we hope that you'll make it a part of your regular retreats, going right there in the neighborhood to the Houston Botanic Garden. You'll find out more in a little bit. Additionally, through the airwaves, not just our show, but our friends at PBS are launching nationwide a powerful film called Building the American Dream, which follows the plight of construction workers who are really struggling to survive as they raise the skylines in our cities. We'll be talking to Chelsea Hernandez, who is a Mexican-American director and producer for this film, which is really exciting. It premieres tonight nationwide on PBS. However, you'll be able to stream it throughout the Hispanic Heritage Month festivities, and we hope we can all team up to bring it to schools because there's a whole kit behind it as well. Again, we're so proud of all the city council members who have supported us. Want to give a shout out, of course, to Councilman Robert Gallegos and Council Representative Carla Cisneros, who were among the first to give signed letters of support for Nuestra Palabra's ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month observation. We also want to thank City Councilman Knox, also City Councilman David Robinson, who will be performing poetry in Spanish. We also want to thank City Council Representative Amy Peck from City Council A, who's helping us put together Poetas and Pintner, a fantastic event celebrating poetry in Spanish. And we want to thank all of our Nuestra Palabra community representatives. We're talking about A. Maria Sagari is one of those Nuestra Palabra community representatives. You'll hear more about her in an upcoming interview. Shout out to Daniel Sines, who's the city council representative for City Council E. Also want to thank Houston Mayor Pro Temp Dave Martin, who's city council representative for E. And he's really rolled out the red carpet to us. So many other folks 
Dr. Shabazz, the list goes on and on. You'll get a full list of all our supporters at nuestapalabra.org. Please give them a call. Tell me you appreciate it. Become a member of Nuestra Palabra. It's free this year. It's $50 after that. So come on, join. Don't miss out. We are going to launch the ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month program here in Houston so that the rest of the nation can follow our example. We appreciate you supporting us for all these years. This is Tony Diaz. Stay tuned. We want to thank our crew for donating their cultural capital to the show. Leti Lopez, Rodrigo Bravo, who mixes the show remotely, Claudia Soler Alfonso, Jesse Aranda Comer, our summer intern to Rice University, Antonio Diaz, another summer intern, Lauri Flores, Stefano Cavasa, and El Castillo, president of LULEC Council 60. This is Tony Diaz with Latino Politics and News every Tuesday here on KPFT 90.1 FM. Join us for Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Tuesdays too. And look for me Sundays on What's Your Point on Fox 26 Houston. Thanks so much for tuning in.
for tuning in. This is Tony Diaz, and we are continuing our observation of the Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month. And as you know, because you listen to our show, we've got events going on in every Houston City Council geographical district, but also at-large events. And one of our partners is an exciting new player on the scene. It is the Houston Botanic Garden, and we're joined on the air by Claudia G. Vassar, President and General Counsel. Welcome to the show, and congratulations on this new amazing project. Thank you, Tony, so much for having us, and uh, we're very excited about our opening of the garden. And how long have you been planning this? Because I remember hearing about it years gone back, I think, right? It's been a long time in the making. This has been a project with many, many years of love and passion and planning by so many people that really believed that Houston needed to have um, a substantial botanic garden. Um, So there are a number of people who have had this idea for decades, but it really started taking shape in 2015 when the nonprofit organization signed a lease with the city of Houston for a piece of property on Sims Bio, which is just a wonderful place and it's really beautiful piece of property in order to situate uh, Botanic Garden. And once we signed that lease and we really started in earnest on the planning for phase one, which is what we'll be opening um, very shortly. And I love that it is opening during Hispanic Heritage Month. I don't care if it's by design or not. I'm going to pretend it was. <laughs> <because> <laughs> well, we were really excited that we, um, when we planned the garden, we wanted to think about who Houston is to make sure that the garden represented our city. And Houston's strongest identity is in its people and in the diversity of its people. And so we um, have planned our gardens a lot with those themes of the plants from different regions of the globe, as well as being able to tell the stories of how plants have been important to different people groups. So when we thought about what the opening should look like, we decided it would be important to think about um, the plants that we have in the garden and the different people groups that they, uh, different communities that they represent. And so we knew with Houston, of course, that we had to celebrate Latin America. And we only had one opening weekend that was wholly within September. And so we knew that we had to put Latin America first, um, in part because of Houston's Latin American, significant Latin American population, but then also because um, it fell so nicely um, around the in Hispanic Heritage Month. It's also called Destiny. So that's beautiful. <laughs> and we, right. we want to let folks know that you're going to have some important opening days running from September 18th, September 19th, September 20th. We're going to find out about that. Of course, we're going to really emphasize Saturday, September 19th at noon, which we're making part of our citywide ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month observation in conjunction with City Council Representative Alcorn. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And folks can get the full lineups at the Nuestra Palabra website, the Houston Botanic Garden website. But tell us a little bit about the Latin American component or garden there at the Houston Botanic Garden. Because I got a sneak preview and it was really cool to begin with. What was your vision for it? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we thought about different um, communities. So we looked at plants and which plants thrive in Houston that also thrive in different places around the world that we can showcase in the Botanic Garden. 
And we really wanted for people to be able to have an experience where they would get to see things that they would experience in other parts of the world without even having to leave Houston. So we have a couple of areas in our global collection garden that have plants from Latin America. Um, a couple of the most exciting for me, there's an agave garden and a cactus garden. And the cactus garden has a little bit that sort of um, is uh, reminiscent of the Sonora Desert. Um, the agaves then um, are really beautifully set um, in some Arizona onyx. Um, and this sort of arid, these two arid gardens are really unique kind of when you think of Houston as a more tropical area, but they do thrive here in Houston. And so that is a really fun space in our garden. And then in our culinary garden, we also have a space that really celebrates the Americas um, and particularly a lot of plants from Mesoamerica. Um, and so it's really fun for us to be able to tell the story of which plants have been important to indigenous populations as well as contemporaries. Which is exciting because you're right, you're touching on a lot of the horticultural experience from our community, but here it is in our own backyard, along with folks that we have learned from for many years and that maybe some folks will be meeting for the first time. Let's talk about some of the events that will be going on. So on Saturday, September 19th at noon, again, as part of the Nuestra Palabra Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month campaign, we're happy to join you with some mariachis there. And, and we want to remind folks, Obviously, we are all observing all of the Center for Disease Control's precautions for COVID-19 safety, but we're doing it wisely. So it's limited live events that are awesome, as well as remote events. So we'll be broadcasting remotely. What will be going on on the ground that day to kick off this awesome section? Yes, we're so excited to have Nuestra Palabra broadcasting from the garden and celebration. Um, it'll just be a really fun and exciting way. And in, in this time of coronavirus, we're all finding new ways to be able to continue to celebrate and, and tell the stories um, while keeping everybody safe. So we're excited that the University of Houston Mariachi Pumas will be in attendance and um, performing for us. Um, we will not have them perform with a lot of seated people together, right, in order to um, keep with the safety guidelines, um, but you know they will be a powerful, fun celebration that people will get to experience as they wander through the gardens in order to sort of keep the safe distancing. Uh, we'll have a couple of other presentations that day as well to share some of the stories of plants and how they're utilized. Um, we have the Houston Center for Contemporary Craft who will be making nature prints using different plants that are important to Latin America and have their origin there. That will be really exciting. Um, we also have a presentation by the Herb Society of America about different herbs that have been used in Latin America, the traditional uses, um, how people can use them at home, um, which will be also really fun. And then on our website, you'll also be able to get a link to a presentation by Adan Medrano, who is the author of the cookbook Don't Count the Tortillas, The Art of Texas Mexican Cooking. Um, and he'll be focusing on the different types of uh, plants and um, that are used throughout Latin America, um, and he'll be broadcasting that from his home garden and kitchen, um, and then we'll be able to connect that to different plants of the garden that people will be able to see. And then, of course, throughout the garden, we'll also um, have lots of signage that tell stories about different plants and help people learn about different plants that are really important to the Latin American community and um, which ones they can grow in their own yards. 
That's so cool, especially, of course, Adama Adrano is a dear friend of the show. We had him on the air. We love that book. But what a great tie-in in that it's great Texas-Mexican food, but the ingredients are profoundly cultural. You also alluded to the agave, which, of course, people associate with tequila. But cacti has a huge tradition in uh, you know, the Mex- Southwest, Mexico, Mexican-Americans. But then also you mentioned some of the plants, of course, before Coco, you know, Caceramides was making Day of the Dead in- an institutional component of Houston. You've got some of those plants as well. You've got so many other possible connections. Uh, cocoa, the cocoa leaves has a huge tradition in the Mexica culture as well it's fantastic that it's all under our noses but you get to put it in a setting where people can keep going back and back and forth and and kind of inviting different people to give different aspects because then you also mentioned the medicinal side i mean a lot of our gente know about curandismo uh, that's all the way from the book bless me ultima by rodolfo anaya this is this is fun did you know it would be this fun to create this something so intellectual I love this kind of a project because I get to learn something new every day. And I think now, particularly in the time of coronavirus and, um, you know, sort of I'm starting to realize even more how important nature is. And that has uh, really helped to not just stimulate the brain on all of the science and the history and the cultural aspects of it, um, but then also understanding how important it is to health and well-being to um, have these deeper connections with plants and our environment. And so it's been such a joy, such a joy for me. Um, and I certainly hope that we'll have the same experience with others. And um, and I do hope that, you know, we there's a lot that my team knows and can share about what they know about plants, but we really do hope that everyone will bring their knowledge and share that as well and we can gather um, all the all the stories and information that so many people in Houston have and bring it all together as this can be a place where uh, we all learn and grow together. And I'm glad you say that too because let's be honest I think when some of our community members here Houston Botanic Garden it sounds very formal perhaps intimidating. (laughs) I'm proud to be on your Latino Advisory Committee. I can vouch that you are rolling out the red carpet open to so many ideas. I want to emphasize that this is an introduction. And exactly like you said, I felt like every idea we've presented that you guys have treated it respectfully, have dug into it profoundly. I want to let folks know too that we're trying to get other programming down too. Of course, because of COVID-19, everything's complicated, but in the works, if not for this so we want people to check the online updates but maybe down the line we've invited some uh, uh, Aztec Danzantes to bring out some more of the Mexica culture because there's so many ways that that intersects with the horticulture medicinal and sacred plants but then also other fun possible things down the line I, I really respect that and I think that's really indicative of the DNA you've planted. You you wanted it to be what is considered multicultural and diverse, right? 
Oh, absolutely. That was such a driving idea with our um, board and our design team and everybody who is involved. Um, it's just, you know, it's really important to us that this is something that reflects who Houston is and all Houstonians feel like this is a wonderful place for them to come visit as well. So you sort of mentioned that it sort of Botanic Garden, you know, when people don't know what that is or it just sounds like it might be something that isn't something that they're familiar with mostly because, you know, Houston doesn't have um, a major botanic garden. Um, but so, so we like to say sometimes um, that it's really a zoo for plants. So um, that helps people kind of get an <laughs> understanding of what we're trying to do. Um, so it's a fun place to be outdoors and see interesting things that you don't get to see every day. And we're also really involved in conservation of plants just in the same way that the zoo is conserving, you know, rare um, animals where it's really important for us to participate in the conservation of plants that might be going extinct and, and also educating people um, to learn about plants. But we want to do it in a fun way. So all the different programs, ideas that you mentioned, we are absolutely at the beginning stages that we want to grow and be able to include all kinds of programs um, that are really um, can help share the stories about plants so that we can all really appreciate the natural world around us. So we definitely look forward to, you have so many ideas and we've appreciated your help with that and um, are very open to hearing what other ideas uh, might be out there for us to be able to help everybody learn and love plants. Of course, because the Nuestra Palabra crew loves to play with words, our nickname for the Houston Botanica and is La Botonica. So <laughs> we're going to, is this with La Botonica? <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Uh, and let's tell people where it's located. Yeah, so um, we are at the Park Place exit off of 45. So if you were going to Hobby Airport, you would exit through Park Place Broadway, um, and that would be the same exit for us, but we're on the other side of 45 from Hobby Airport. So it's the first exit south of 610, um, it's, and we're just east of 45, a couple of blocks on the south side across from Park Place Elementary School. And you are right in the neighborhood. It's the converted. Was it a golf course before, or what was yes, it? Yes, it was a it was a former um, city golf course, the Glenbrook Golf Course. And you've got some houses right across the street, but it's this expansive space that has room to grow. It's really beautiful. It's great on the day off. But I remember when we went for the preview, I kept trying to figure out what is it by? Was What is it near? Because it is very new. So I encourage folks, you're going to go towards Hobby. <laughs> Follow the directions. You will find it. And to continue with the Latino theme, you're actually in... Um, Councilman Gallegos's district, City Council I, which is fantastic, okay. since he is the lone Latino City Council member. So it's all, it's part of the Latino destiny on one hand. And then we're looking forward to be joined by City Council at large for Position 5, Representative Alcorn, who's a big fan of the Houston Botanic Garden. So you've already got a lot of champions, it sounds like. Yes, well, we're 
very fortunate. Councilmember Gayers has been an incredible supporter of the garden and, and the idea that we can really be a positive influence on the community here and provide this kind of an experience for uh, this part of the community, this part of the city. And so um, we're, you know, thrilled that we get to be um, located on this beautiful site on Sims Bio, um, which is a, a beautiful, um, has natural sides and bottom bio, so it's really fantastic. And um, yes, of course, Councilmember Alcorn has um, has come out and visited the site, and she has been a strong supporter. We're, we're really fortunate that so many people in Houston, um, from leaders to community members to neighbors, have really believed that this is an important project for Houston, an important project for this community, and, um, and that has been really wonderful for me to be able to engage in conversations with so many people that are excited about this project opening. So, okay, we've got the kickoff. We've got an idea of what some of the different gardens are like. You're also working on an extensive educational component, which I really admire, but you really are trying hard to get this in the classrooms. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we have some really strong ambitions for our education program led by Ayana Jolivet McLeod. Um, and unfortunately, everything is a little bit sidelined during t um, during this time, where it's a little bit more uh, more difficult to gather. Of course, we're looking for alternate ways to be able to um, be connected with schools. But Chavez High School already, even during our construction, we had a partnership with some of the um, environmental studies teachers over there, who were wonderful in bringing classes out um, to come and learn, and also volunteer here at the garden. Um, we've been in great conversations of Park Place Elementary across the street um, about how we can um, involve the students there um, as well as a number of schools. So we're hoping both to have components for public schools, private schools, and home schools to come and have tours and um, educational programs here in the garden, um, as well as ways for us to be able to be a resource for um, schools and what they're doing in their classrooms. So Ayana has been really driving um, a lot of that programming, which we're really excited about uh, developing for the future. So um, there's, you know, we're in conversation with Botanic Gardens across the country who really see a huge part of their mission, and it's a large part of why this Botanic Garden was formed was the education piece. A large part is to help teach about um, STEM and science um, in to students. Um, and, and then we also do fun things, like um, in our family garden, we have a, a water play, and all of the different um, elements that the children can play with are different types of pumps, and they're very simple machines. Um, and then we have conveyance channels um, to watch the, the water flow. And so kids are learning even when they're playing, and they don't necessarily know that they're learning while they're playing. Um, and that's a really exciting way for us to be able to extend some of our education as well. So there'll be programs in the garden, both organized through classrooms as well as for families um, to come on the weekends, um, and then some of our outreach programs as well. So more on that to come for sure as um, as our world changes and as things start to open up a little bit more. And, and, you know, I completely forgot that it is a really fun place to go, to picnic, to hang out. I hope a lot of our community members begin to feel at home there and just go at random and enjoy it. It is very hard to navigate 
a whole new school. Well, not just school year, not just curriculum. We have approaching schools, but I will add that you've got so many wonderful components that would fit in really nicely into the Mex-American history course that was approved by the Texas Board of Education and is now being implemented in different schools, especially like we said, with some of the medicinal components. Um, there's a great history of some of the horticulture that ties into Mexico, um, you know, a lot of the Latino culture. So there's a lot of really nice threads there that we can keep building on. And like you said, we're open to all kinds of new ideas. I want to remind folks, this is the big kickoff. So great way to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. You've got events going on from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And of course, that'll be September 18th, September 19th, September 20th. Nuestra Palabra will be out there broadcasting on that Saturday, September 19th at noon. Give out the websites and other ways to keep on the pulse of what's going on at the Houston Botanic Garden. Yeah, absolutely. Our website is www.hbg.org. So it's hbg for Houston Botanic Garden.org. And it's really important to go there, buy your tickets in advance. We're trying to um, have our experience be as touch-free as possible. Um, and even if you become a member, um, we'll, everyone will be on reserve tickets so that we can, and we'll have timed entries so that we will make sure that we can keep our numbers um, in line with all of the regulations and keep everybody safe. Um, but on that website, you can find all the information, how to get to us, what programs we're offering, the different um, events that are happening with our celebration of Latin America for our grand opening weekend, and everything that you would like to know, including some plant facts for the for those that are already ready to dig into um, learning details nice. <laughs> um, and more scientific information. We've got some of that up there as well. Well, you began your career as a lawyer on the commercial side. I am so glad that the nonprofit world lured you in and that <laughs> now you're in charge of the Houston Botanic Garden as you begin this new era for us. And we're so proud you became the lawyer for the plants. La Abogada de las Matas. Really great talking to you, Claudia. And we really look forward to all the work that you're engendering. Muchas gracias, Tony. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This is the remix. El remix de qué? Vamos a ver. Esto es el flauteta con el Kiko Rivera, con el Moncho Chávez, con el original Elías, ¿eh? En plata mi estudio. ¿Qué te pasa la cara? Dámelo. Vente, vente conmigo. Me tienes embobado por las redes te sigo. Vente, vente conmigo. Me tienes hipnotizado. Eres mi fruto prohibido. Hoy. He venido a enamorarte, si mi plan fracasa, yo me voy pa' casa. Recuerdo cuando lo hicimos, tú y yo desaparecimos, y así lo hicimos. Oh, 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 lo hicimos como si no hubiera mañana. Desperté y tú no estabas en mi cama. Un error cometiste, conmigo lo hiciste, y yo quería enamorarte, tu sexo me diste. Con métrica, no criticando y montando polémica Métricas, tétricas, letras geométricas Rimas sintéticas, rompiendo estéticas uh. Flow como piedras magnéticas Cuando flow gata se vuelve histérica Ven y cambia de mis horas sin réplica Somos españoles que no soy en por América Cuando empecé con la rima La profe de lengua llevó mi contraria Ahora me ve porque todos sus alumnos Me tienen de fondo pantalla Me gustaría ver al profe de música Que me suspendió en primaria Para mostrarle que todos sus ceros Están en mi cuenta bancaria Dios casita, son tan Puerto Rico De Sevilla, primo, hasta Pamelito, pa' lo que hay están cuando le 
necesito Pa' la niña primo que me tiene frito Pa' los que me ponen sonando en garito Pa' tu pilla verde y pa' tu mi negrito Pa' tu mi gitano que tiene negrito Pa' toda la gitana que pone morritos, eh Oye, ojalá viera el tutor que me obligaba al estudio Porque yo creo que esa fue la indirecta pa' que me grabaran estudio Vente, vente conmigo Me tienes embobado por las redes, te sigo Vente, vente conmigo Me tienes hipnotizado, eres mi bruto prohibido Pasamos fatiga, la estamos pegando Ahora tengo un panamera Hay 250 mil euros en el banco Si fuera conguero sería Giovanni Rompato la pista como Cavani Capo como Tony, Beto Dalmani Gritando mi nombre tengo a tu mami Si quieres que le mate rapidito Solo dime yo lo mato facilito Como quiera suavecito lo quito No te me pongas chulito Primito que esto pa' bendito Y aquí le metemos que va de bonito Por algo me llaman el rey del trap La pongo a sequear al ritmo del trap La música que vende más que el crack Y tú no me ganas ni el Minecraft Tumbala, tumba la casa Llegaron los papios todos los guasa guasa Estos palos racistas Que vivan los gitanos, que viva mi raza Y que me pare los jambos, que me pare los jambos Que no voy a parar primito hasta que yo me compre un lampo Que sigan tirando si quieren, saben que conmigo no pueden Muchos me tiran por la espalda y luego de frente se mueren Vente, vente conmigo, me tienes embobado por las redes que sigo Con la astucia de Pablo Escobar Con talento vengo a traficar Con la rima original Rastaman Tú dices que vale esta sazonar Pero mi friend tú no me demuestra nada Con tu probaratero tu style está muerto Tú siempre dormí yo no siempre despierto Si en esto sigo serio Con argumento verio Fuera ser mi toño soy la historia al obrero Si esto depende ya vete Yo si no te duelo Mira que te siento bajo la actitud de matón por sueldo Ya hablamos de lo que me has muerto Y te digo lo que yo no sigo siempre Vente, vente conmigo me tienes embobado por las redes, te sigo Vente, vente conmigo Me tienes hipnotizado, eres mi bruto prohibido Vente, vente conmigo Me tienes embobado por las redes, te sigo Vente, vente conmigo Me tienes hipnotizado, eres mi bruto prohibido Thanks for tuning in to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say as we kick off our ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month experience. To do that, we wanted to bring you a Chicana who is keeping the community in the national eye, con puro corazón, with a lot of talent, a story from our own backyards and families, which is broadcasting across the country through PBS. We have to give her a lot of support Please welcome to Nuestra Palabra, Chelsea Hernandez. Un gusto. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. No, by all means. And we're excited because your film is so potent. And it's not just telling the story of some of our families, the fabric of the American dream. On top of it, folks across the country will watch it. And we want to encourage folks to see it on PBS as it airs to kick off Hispanic Heritage Month, but it will also stream. So we want to make sure people take a look at both of those aspects. We want to find out more about you. We want to find out more about the film. But first of all, this is such a big deal. How, how does it feel to be making an impact, but still telling our stories our way? It feels um, 
wonderful. Um, I'm tremendously grateful for all the support um, that we've received from, you know, when we were first writing out the the um, the story on paper um, and doing research to the very end with the support from Latino Public Broadcasting and and PBS, um, but I, I'm just so ecstatic to be able to share this story from you know um, right here in the Lone Star State and share it with a wider community across the country because workers are you know, having to deal with these situations in other states as well. And so um, I know this will resonate with other families in um, other states across the country. And the name of the film is Building the American Dream. Folks can watch it as it launches nationally to kick off Hispanic Heritage Month on PBS. Additionally, they can go to pbs.org backslash voices and voices has this long tradition of supporting our community our stories i want to get there to talk about the film but first tell us how you got there because you're at tejana right i want to i want to remind folks that you are a yes. american filmmaker based in austin texas named one of texas monthly magazine's 10 filmmakers on the rise you're an eight-time emmy winning director producer and editor in the texas region but you're one of us tell us more about growing up here in texas and how you got into film yeah i mean i love texas um you know uh it really is is me is part of of my growing up my childhood um and there's a lot of stories to be told here and that's kind of why i've stuck around instead of you know heading out to the west or east coast um but i mean uh, I grew up here in Austin, born in San Antonio, and had a kids show on the local WB and NBC affiliates when I was growing up. So, um, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, my mom was a uh, access station uh, producer and just got me into media at the ripe age of nine years old. So <laughs> I've always been involved in some sort of um, media and just, you know, really enjoyed learning about people, um, you know, telling stories from our community, um, uplifting our voices, and uh, found, found a career in documentary filmmaking, you know, um, I guess people say it's the golden age of, of documentaries right now, and I think there's still a lot of work to be done and a lot of stories to be told, especially here in Texas, and I'm just so thrilled to be able to live and, and work here. One thing we always want to emphasize is that our community members are definitely intellectuals. So when mm -hmm. folks see the film, it's at the highest level of aesthetics. Because it's us, we're going to feel a connection. I don't want them to neglect your training, your studying. Tell folks a little about your academic background and just some of your early work experiences too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went to school in New York um, for a couple of years and then transferred over to the University of Texas. And, you know, for a while, I, you know, I, I guess I... 
um, they would say I had a college career. It took me eight years to uh, get my bachelor's degree, and I was the first in my family to do so. And you know, it was it was hard working full time and going to college. And there were times that I thought, well, maybe I don't need to go to school. Um, I have connections in media. I'll be okay. But in the end, I really wanted to, um, you know, do what was right. You contribute to our own community and to my Latino family. And um, getting a college education was one of those achievements that I really wanted to accomplish. Um, and so I, I did. And I graduated from the University of Texas. Um, and then that was, you know, really the jump start to my career in documentary filmmaking, you know, working hard, um, having uh, documentary networks um, that I could go to to get advice and mentorship and just having, um, you know, such a great um, uh, resource of information as well, you know, at my fingertips to be able to learn about other stories and, and grab a camera and, and film them and, and put them on video, you know. Um, so getting a college education was really important for me um, in, in jump-starting, you know, my career and, and continuing forward as well. I think it's really important um, and uh, I wish it was. I wish it was less expensive. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's great to see other Latinos, you know, get a higher education. That's beautiful to hear, and I think it's important for our community to know that the struggle is real. But you got to stay persistent. You got to keep yes. pushing. Did uh, what was the first time you got to direct? Because on this film, you direct and produce. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did a short documentary um, back in 2014, and it was uh, about a boy who collects vacuum cleaners. So a little bit more uplifting and fun, um, but it traveled the country, went to um, the oldest documentary film festival in the world, the Edinburgh Film Festival in uh, Scotland, and also won the Austin Film Festival Best Documentary Short. And so I, um, I actually co-directed that short documentary, um, and then from there, uh, worked in television on, um, Arts in Context, which is an arts, uh, documentary series produced out of KLRU, Austin PBS, and so was doing editing and co-producing and then directed a few episodes on that series and then that's when we started um i started developing building the american dream and also did another short called an uncertain future that um uh, won Best Texas Short uh, Film at South by Southwest in 2018. Um, uh, but it's all been shorts. This is my first feature uh, to direct, which I'm really excited about. That, that really is exciting. And of course, you've given Austin a shout out and San Antonio a shout out. So Houston's a little jealous. However, if, <laughs> if we weren't in COVID lockdown, I promise you we would have organized a massive live event and you would fall yes. in love with Houston. So we're going to support online by watching it because we have to make sure that PBS and all other major institutions know that our stories matter and that we're here to support it. So let's talk about building the American dream. And mm -hmm. we want to remind folks, again, 
PBS is launching this across the country to kick off Hispanic Heritage Month. You can stream it on pbs.org backslash voices. This is great content for Hispanic Heritage Month in general, for classes. Tell folks a little bit about the film. Sure. Um, yeah, so Building the American Dream follows three immigrant families as um, they uncover the exploitations that they face within the construction industry. So nearly half of the construction workforce in Texas is undocumented. Um, and Texas is the most dangerous uh, place to work in construction. Um, so uh, we follow uh, an electrician and her husband um, from El Salvador as they face wage theft. Um, and she also faces the fear of deportation. And we also follow a family um, who lost their son to heat stroke on the job in Dallas. And we see them try to fight for a rest break law to protect other workers. And then we also meet a DACA recipient who lost his father from a roofing accident. And we see him um, uplift other workers' stories. And, you know, his role has changed to um, become a, a leader, a community leader, and to help other workers know their rights on the job. All very compelling figures, very touching stories. It's powerful how you mix visual images with the storyline and some really ironic juxtapositions where you've got these buildings going up and we're familiar with it because I think anyone in Houston who drives by a construction site, it's sites that we take for granted. How long did it take you to pick those shots to, to really bring it home what we're looking at? Oh, yeah. I mean, you definitely said it well. I mean, when I first started making the film, I was looking at each of the new buildings kind of entering the skyline of Austin, which, you know, I think Houston's skyline has probably changed as well. Um, but I was looking at each building as a number, as the number of people who were injured, who may have died on that job. And um, it just gave me a new sense of awareness of these buildings that were going up or homes and neighborhoods, new roads. And so uh, we were constantly filming around town when we would travel, um, just filming the constant construction. And I also am just drawn towards the the um, kind of artistry of construction sites also. There's so much um, beautiful lines and, um, you know, smoke filling the air. Like, it's, it's just very cinematic as well. Um, so uh, we probably filmed just footage of construction everywhere for about four years, to be honest, wow. off and on. Um, and, uh, and honestly, it's been hard for me to stop filming. I, <laughs> I'll see some <laughs> construction sites now, you know, and be like, oh, I wish I had a camera, you know, to get that. Um, but I think it's also just part of, like, now being aware, you know, of workers' face that, um, you know, what I see um, when I see construction sites now, I hope others people do see that as well and and recognize you know the faces to the the hands that are, are building our our cities our communities now i don't want to give anything away about the film so i'm going to defer to how you recount it but you also share a lot of 
jaw-dropping facts, statistics. So, mm-hmm. you know, as these workers are fighting for a law where they can take breaks, so there's not even rules for that, huh? What are some other facts you want to share? Again, I don't want to give too much away. I hope folks will watch. And the story in and of itself is compelling without surprises or plot turns, but drop some mm-hmm. more drop some more of those facts on us yeah and so yeah you're right there's no um mandate state mandate or federal mandate requiring uh employee employees to get a rest break um which as many people know if you work in a retail store you have to you know get a 30 minute uh lunch break and that's just not the case on construction sites there's definitely guidance you know for it but it's not required um and then texas also is the only state in the country that doesn't require companies to give their workers um workman's compensation and i think that is probably one of the main reasons why a lot of workers um are treated as disposable um if someone gets hurt on the job they can you know just drop them off at the at the hospital and uh go pick up some other workers you know and it's um really unfortunate but that that is how you know the culture of the construction industry works in in texas unfortunately and it really is a powerful testament to how our community does support the american dream perfect timing for hispanic heritage month of course even right now as politics come up i know it's not a political film but you've got an election where immigration issues are being touched on our community is being uh, vilified in some ways what do you hope this film does for our community and for hispanic heritage month yeah most definitely it's 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 not a political film but it's also airing at the perfect time (laughs) with an election a really important (laughs) election coming up Mm -hmm. um you know we've seen the effects of you know anti-immigrant rhetoric uh among the 45th president and what it's done to our communities and um how it has increased fear and um leveled up deportations and it's really hurting not only families but communities in general and so i really hope you know, people watch this film and think about just, you know, the thriving of our communities in general. I mean, um, immigrants have have built this country from the very beginning. Um, You know, this country was built on the backs of slaves, and um, we have pretty much a modern-day slavery happening now, seeing um, undocumented Latino immigrants be exploited, you know, for their work, and really... The, the myth of them taking away jobs um, is just not true. And um, we've seen, especially here in Texas, that there's actually a shortage of workers, you know. Um, and we need, <laughs> we need um, hardworking immigrants um, in this industry, not only for, you know, the hard work that they, they give, but just the talent and um, skills that they bring to the table. So I really hope that 
people think of, um, you know, their town in a different way, think of construction in a different way, and, and hopefully, you know, that will sway some votes uh, to the other side, um, because, you know, labor and immigration really go hand in hand, and and we have to protect also, you know, our community. You know, immigrants deserve um, equal protection as well, and if there's one worker who isn't given the... Um, correct safety precautions needed, you know, it puts all the workers on site in danger. Um, so we need to be looking out for all our workers, all our immigrant workers, um, in order to move forward. And it is perfect timing, but you also mentioned it took you at least four years to shoot some of this stuff. So, so it's perfect timing, but it doesn't sound like you were waiting for this precise moment. You were working really hard. Right. What are you working on next? Stories of student debt. Um, some are sad, but some are uplifting. And um, it's just kind of trying to break the stigma of debt, um, you know, that people have. I think we tend to feel embarrassed um, that we have debt, but one in four Americans have student loan debt, so um, we should be speaking out about um, our own stories. Definitely, and I think that especially encroaches in our community as well, and talk some of our gente not to go to college because they don't want yes. that debt. So that's that's a powerful topic coming up next. Do you, any, any idea when that might come out? Um, well, we have our first episode online now, um, so you can just search for Deferred Dreams wherever you listen to podcasts, and then uh, we'll be releasing an episode every month, and um, looking for new stories too, so they can be big or small, uh, we just want to hear various stories of student debt. Love it. Well, we've been chatting with Chelsea Hernandez, who is the director and producer of the film Building the American Dream premiering nationally on PBS to kick off Hispanic Heritage Month and we also want to tell folks that it's also streaming throughout the month at pbs.org slash voices. Thank you for all you do and we wish you continued success. Thanks so much, Tony. And if um, Houston does want to put on some virtual events, um, we are encouraging people to have virtual watch parties. And you can uh, go online to our website, buildingamericandream.com, and fill out a form to, to receive a free host screening kit um, for your virtual watch party. So just want to throw that out there for uh, the Houstonians. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now now we got to compete with the other Texas cities to do either more or larger screenings of Building the American Exactly. <laughs> yes, I'm all for it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Y loco parientes hijo me alegro de verte donde estabas ya Como pude perderte Malas decisiones me llevaron a estar ausente Creciste sin verme, ya no quieres conocerme Tu miedo lo venciste solo Sin mi ayuda, estás hecho y derecho No, me cabe duda que la verdad es dura Mides casi mi estatura Nos parecemos a pesar de mi edad madura Aunque no heredaste de mis bienes Si sí, de mi genio, cosa de genes No culpo a tu madre por olvidarme Pero si sí por no enseñarme 
ayudarte a perdonarme Éramos tan jóvenes, tan inexpertos, cierto Que jugábamos a ser adultos sin serlo Quiero decirte que pudimos ser grandes amigos Pero solo somos dos extraños Sigo, ¿dónde estás papá? Dime, ¿dónde estás? Esta noche tengo miedo ¿Por qué no vienes ya? ¿Por qué no me puedes contar? Un cuento para soñar, tomarme de la mano En esta oscuridad, ¿dónde estás mamá? Dime, ¿dónde estás? Este día tengo miedo ¿Por qué no vienes ya? ¿Por qué no me puedes cantar una canción? Para alegrar, enseñarme el camino que debo tomar Mi madre me enseñó, sola se las arregló Conmigo y mis hermanos tomado de la mano Abrazado por la noche para abrigarnos La pubertad me trajo el relajo de la libertad El carajo tu paternidad hasta abajo lo hizo mamá No puedo ni podré nunca llamarte padre No sé si quiero siquiera saber quién es el culpable Ahora eres amable pero dónde estabas aquel día en que entré a la guardería El que me llevó la policía Son tantos en mi vida que jamás compartimos nada Ni una llamada ni una carta Sino recordando que no nací del aire Y que tenías una familia en alguna parte Dale Sensi Esta noche tengo miedo, ¿por qué no vienes ya? ¿Por qué no me puedes contar un cuento para soñar? Tomarme de la mano en esta oscuridad, ¿dónde estás mamá? Dime dónde estás, este día tengo miedo, ¿por qué no vienes ya? ¿Por qué no me puedes cantar una canción para alegrar, enseñarme el camino que debo tomar? Y luego parían tiene el lugar de los padres ¿Quién sabe quién juzga quién es el más responsable? ¿Cuánto que se han privado de uno? Educado por alguno también en muchos casos Por ninguno sumo Mi situación que fue vivir de crío con mi tío Luego con mi viejo, luego con mi vieja Sí, un lío, por suerte he tenido Bueno, amigo, donde he vivido? Recorrido el mundo sin encontrar un hogar constituido Ya que no lo tuve como hijo Pero tenerlo como papá Junto a una buena mujer que cumpla el rol de mamá Y así quise romper el esquema de los demás Perdurando en el tiempo con mi familia ese tema me he dedicado a quienes les ha faltado un pedazo de vida un equilibrio compensado con el cariño de una pareja de un amigo un poco de calor en este mundo frío dónde estás papá dime dónde estás esa noche tengo miedo porque no vienes ya porque no me puedes contar un cuento para soñar tomarme de la mano en esa oscuridad dónde estás mamá dime dónde estás ese día tengo miedo porque no vienes ya porque no me puedes cantar una canción para alegrar enseñarme el camino que debo tomar enseñarme el camino que debo tomar por una paternidad responsable mi gente